So, you ever have one of those mornings where you go to take your ADHD meds and you look at the bottle and it's moved slightly and the glass of water is half full, not completely full, and you're like, did I take my meds and forget? Or did I just get thirsty and restless and get distracted? So, not wanting to double up. I haven't taken it again. That could be bad. Um, and I guess I'll find out in the next hour or so whether or not I actually did. It's kind of one of the ultimate ironies of ADHD is that we have trouble taking our meds because we have ADHD. So that's just a thought. I'm pretty sure I took them, but I don't know. So let's find out. I always love mentioning on Twitter that I'm not sure if I took my meds because I can almost guarantee that there will be multiple tweets, multiple replies saying, oh, you should use a pill organizer. And then there'll be some other replies saying, I got a pill organizer and I forget to fill it. And I probably really should. Um, my parents in Australia actually have the pharmacist put these special packs together with all of their meds by time of day and so they can look at them and go, oh it's Tuesday lunchtime, I haven't taken my meds and then take them, which I think is useful. But there's also that feeling that you should know and you should be able to know that you have. And that's one of the insidious things I think about ADHD is you have to start to accept that you need these helpers, you need hacks and tricks and ways to keep track of the things that you can't really trust your brain to do. Um, there's a classic example of that is anytime there's something that needs to be done. Um, my wife would say, oh, can you take the rubbish out? The bin's full. And I said, I'll do it in a bit. And she's like, no, you won't. And I'm like, no. I won't, because I've accepted that if I don't actively do the thing in the moment, I will get distracted and I won't do the thing. Um, I can make notes, like I make post-it notes sometimes, they help and sometimes I tune out the post-it note. Uh, one point I had, I think, 
close to 20 post-its that hadn't been done stuck to my monitor um, last year and it just became a bit of a running joke to myself that I was not seeing my reminders because even if you set alarms and I do set alarms you can tune them out Our brains are excellent, I guess, at focusing on things we probably don't need to focus on at the expense of seeing the things that we do. And it's something I'm aware of and something that I'm trying to work around. But I don't have any magic solutions to offer you. Just perhaps to say, yeah, it happens to me, it happens to a lot of people. It just is. Um, I think accepting it at least can start to remove that shame and the self-talk. You know the self-talk, they oh you stupid, da da da. Um, we all have the things we call ourselves when our brains let us down, but it's not a personal failing. And I think that the biggest thing that I've maybe taken or started to take since diagnosis was that there's this thing it means I forget stuff it means I can walk from one room to the other and completely lose track of what I'm doing it means I can go to start a compile on my software I'm working on and if that takes too long, I'll end up on Twitter or news sites or something. And that can be really frustrating. But it's not our fault. It's not your fault. It's not my fault. It happens. At the same time, I don't want to use it as an excuse. So I do try to find ways that work. Um, I'm very fond of the expression, finding ways to work with my brain and not against it. I think that's true. I think maybe the more we understand how our minds work, the more we can find ways of kind of surfing those waves and actually doing some of the things we actually want to do. Um, I'm actually just recording this because I, I've been joking about, you know, starting a podcast. It's one of those uh, pandemic things you see people 
they either do one of three things. They either get on Animal Crossing, they take up the art of perfecting sourdough, or they start a podcast. And for me, speaking doesn't come naturally, especially at the moment. Um, I'm in burnout. I have a lot of trouble speaking to others, like in a live sense. I delved into that recently and it turned me into a nervous wreck. But what I came to realize was, and I've made little videos on Twitter, is that when it's just me talking to an audience that I can't see, it's a bit easier. And it allows me to articulate my thoughts, get them out, and maybe, just maybe, some people find some benefit to that. I hope so anyway. So this is really just me dipping my toes in the water. Um, I'll probably talk a bit about my life, a bit about ADHD, neurodivergence in general, autism, OCD, the things I feel at least I have some tangential experience of and like my tweets like everything else I hope that somebody out there might find it useful but we'll see like anything you just got to try it and you don't fail because, and my lecturer said this to me in university, I went into the office bawling my eyes out because I felt like I couldn't continue. I was, I was actually another burnout um, and I had to drop out of a industry-based learning thing and I had to quit what was kind of like a junior developer role that I was in for that. And I said, I've failed. And she said to me, you haven't failed, you've learned something. And that's how I try to frame everything I do. And it doesn't always work. Um, being rejection sensitive. <laughs> you take the fails hard, you take criticism harder. So I'm kind of opening myself up a little bit by doing this, but at the same time, I need to find ways of interacting with the world 
that are going to work for me. And so this is one of those. Anyway, that's probably about all the ramble I've got in me. So we'll see how this goes and hopefully there'll be another one soon. Take care. Squish out.